Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 31. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today you're here from Elliot Bayev. Elliot is a first degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and the owner of Open Mat Mixed Martial Arts in Toronto, Canada. He also runs Mastermind BJJ, private BJJ training, and retreats for entrepreneurs. Elliot talked about the correlation between the growth mindset and Jiu Jitsu. He also talked about burnout and optimism. And my main takeaway from the interview, which is the title of this episode, Finding Your True Path. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coaches donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org is www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Elliot Bayev. Elliot is a first-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the owner of Open Mat Mixed Martial Arts in Toronto. In 2004, he left the corporate world to pursue entrepreneurship in order to position himself to make a positive difference in the world. His first school, Kimono Girl Jiu-Jitsu, was one of the world's first women-only BJJ academies, over its five years, he ran more than 50 free workshops serving over 1,000 women. He launched Open Mat in 2008 with a vision of creating an academy of positivity and personal growth. Elliot was a silver medalist at the 2013 Black Belt Masters World Championship and double gold medalist at the 2017 Hicks and Gracie Cup. He also runs Mastermind BJJ, private BJJ training and retreats for entrepreneurs. Elliot feels jiu-jitsu teaches a lot about life and has written about the lessons he teaches to entrepreneurs. His latest project is BJJ101.tv, a site dedicated to helping beginners to figure out jiu-jitsu. Elliot, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So you just got back from Sweden. Can you talk a little bit about it? Because actually, I don't know much about the tournament that happened there, international championship uh -huh. that happened in Sweden, and you're there as one of the coaches. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about it? Yeah. So it's the JJIF, the Jiu-Jitsu International Federation. Uh, it's actually like a Japanese Jiu-Jitsu uh, federation uh, okay. originally. And because it has kind of global representation, it has teams from all over the world competing. Um, it's kind of one of the closest things that Jiu-Jitsu has to maybe an Olympic style mm -hmm. um, or Olympic potential organization. And um, 
So it was super cool. I was one of the assistant coaches for Team Canada. Um, there were teams from, I think, 30 or 40 countries. It was super wow. well run, very professional. They had uh, BJJ. They had traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu kind of point fighting, uh, more like modified MMA, and then uh, more of a kata style. Uh, which was, you know, a little different than what we're used to seeing, but super cool organization. There were teams from Abu Dhabi, all over Europe, all over North America, Asia. And uh, I think the the folks in Abu Dhabi are actually pushing this as their vehicle for getting jiu-jitsu into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And as far as the jiu-jitsu, the sport jiu-jitsu rules, what it's similar, what is, is there anything quite different from the jiu-jitsu uh, scene? Yeah, I mean, Going it was... Through- it was the IBJJF rules. Oh, okay. um, I don't know his last name, but they had one of the IBJJF refs, Alex, uh, Brazilian guy there as the head ref. Um, there were six minute fights. It wasn't by belt. It was by weight and just the whatever country's representatives uh, facing each other. The only difference from the IBJJF format other than the time was that if you lost, you got put into a separate bracket and you had a chance to kind of fight again all the way up to a bronze medal match. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. So now tell us how did BJJ show up in your life? Martial arts in general. And if you want, you can talk a little more specific in Mm jujitsu. So when you started? Um, I got into martial arts as a kid. I mean, my dad was in the army, uh, Israeli army, and was in a number of wars kind of in the 60s and 70s. And uh, so I'd, I'd heard about, you know, Growing up, I'd heard about his stories about fighting, and uh, early on, he got me into just Taekwondo. Um, and it wasn't till maybe 15 or 16 years old that uh, a friend of mine, it was right after the second UFC, had gone down to train with the Gracie brothers, um, Hoist and Horion at the time, not the not Henron here on now, um, and came back and and was just when we would as a group of friends would play fight he would just he started beating everyone up and we we're like what hell what the hell's going on some of us had been doing martial arts for a long time and nothing worked and so he started training me in his basement we uh connected with a few guys who were kind of informally training in toronto and those guys ended up being i part of that uh the first generation of school owners in toronto eventually yeah Nice. And how do you feel BJJ relate to life? Oh, man, how long do we have? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in so many ways. Um, uh, it teaches you that, you know, no matter how bad a situation is, there is a way out. Um, teaches you that, um, you know, the importance of being present um, doesn't matter. Like, you know, simple example I give is, um, you know, if you're mounted, there's no value in thinking about the good old days when you had the person in your guard, you know, you're there now, you got to act from where you are. So bad situations come up. Uh, step one is accept it and look at what, what can you do from where you are? Um, you know, it teaches you, teaches you that things can be positive, you know, that, um, you know, even though when you're sparring with a training partner you're on the mats with someone, you're, you're trying to beat each other, but through that competitive uh, play, we'll say, you know, you both benefit, you both grow. And that um, 
things in life, and that was a big lesson for me, things in life can be kind of positive on every level. Like jujitsu, it's good for your body. It's good for your confidence. good for, you know, you meet people. Um, it, it, now, as you know, as an instructor, you get to give back to people. It brings meaning into your life. Um, and, you know, so there are strategic lessons that you learn on the mats that apply directly. And then there are also like just life lessons about, um, growing as a person. I think maybe one of the biggest ones, um, I'm not sure if I've released it yet. I have an article on the growth mindset and jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu shows you, you know, and not everyone kind of discovers this in life before jiu-jitsu, but it shows that you, you, that you can grow, you can improve, you can, you can change and evolve. And, uh, I feel like it, it naturally infuses a growth mindset, which for, for many of us is, is just life changing because it shows you, you can grow in any area of life. For sure. And for all the listeners who've been following some of the episodes on episode 24th, I believe I had an interview with Jensen Azarias. He's the founder of the nonprofit organization, Higher Ground. And he talked about one of the things, cause they, they, they do an amazing job in Tucson and they teach judo, jujitsu and personal development. It's a full program, which is mm-hmm. incredible. And he said, one of the main three core that, uh, message that they do their best to ingrain in their minds. One is the growth mindset. And actually after the interview, I put in on my final thoughts about the difference between growth mindset and fixed mindset. So if people who are listening want to hear a little bit more, of course, there's tons of information online. You can Google, you can get the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is an incredible book. But if you want to check out the podcast, uh, take a look. Now, when did you have the spark? As I mentioned in the intro in 2004, that's when you left the corporate world. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... What gave you that? What is that spark that said, like, okay, enough, I'm done? <laughs> what, what next? Uh, well, it coincided, you know, it was around the same time. Um, I started realizing that, you know, as a, you know, North American kid, it's very easy to grow up and, and kind of be very self centered. And um, it was around the same time that I was realizing, like, people were really suffering in the world. And um, I realized. How old were you? <clears throat> 22, 23, it was right really? after university. Yeah, no, I was, I was lucky to have some uh, good influences and come across some good books um, that kind of opened my eyes and my mind. And um, and so, you know, I had an idea for how we can, how we can make a big change in things. And I really, you know, what's the secret? <clears throat> what's the secret to jujitsu? It's positioning. And I realized working in the corporate world, I wasn't in position to make the impact I wanted to dedicate the time I wanted. And even though it might be a long journey, I knew entrepreneurship would one day give me the freedom of time and, and hopefully uh, energy, mobility, finances to, to really dedicate myself to, to making that impact. Um, and at the same time, you know, I had uh just such a positive experience with jujitsu. It, it, uh, is so uplifting. It's, it's positive, not just for you, but for everyone around you. And, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to share that with people. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, I remember it was the day after I figured out how I was going to like figure out the logistics of, of paying my bills. 
that the next day I, I quit my job, cashed in my life savings and got started. Yeah. And how was the mindset back then? Of course, as soon as you say like, okay, it's official, I'm on my own. How was the mindset? How did you deal with some of the doubts and, and fear that can pop up along the way? Some people struggle a little more than others, but how was the transition for you? Um, you know, for me, it was a lot of people, you know, are, feel like, oh, it, it must have taken a lot of courage to, to do that. And you must have been afraid of, of what might happen. For me, it was more, I was afraid of going down kind of someone else's path, mm-hmm. living someone else's dream. I didn't want to wake up at 40 or 50 and realize, you know, I did, I did what you're supposed to do, go to school, get the job, get married, have the white picket fence, and then realize you haven't done what you were meant to do. And um, so for me, I wasn't, I wasn't so fearful as, as one would imagine uh, one must be in that transition. Um, I felt, I really felt, uh, this was my path and this was my calling. Um, so for me, it was, uh, you know, of course there were struggles and there were challenges, but it wasn't, it wasn't, there were no, for me, there were no doubts about this. I knew this was the, the journey for me. Yeah. And like you said, you know, people are going to handle it different ways, but I think one of the things that you mentioned, and it's very interesting for the listeners to think about, you had that minimize possible fears is just that clarity of the true path that you knew to like, okay, this is my true path. And you know that, of course, along the way, all the difficulties and stuff, but you can be so much at peace when you know your, your true path in uh, stoicism, they call the euthymia. And as we find it a true path, and I think everyone who's listening, you know, maybe you haven't found your true path yet, but I believe that everyone has you know, their, their path. You know, maybe some people take a little longer to discover some people sometimes they go through their whole lives and they don't explore that so the idea with the podcast is talking a lot about this you know about the true path of you living your life authentic to your desires of what you want to do Mm -hmm. and i think specifically like you know there's desire and then there's purpose which which is maybe like the high level highest level desire and i just feel really lucky to have discovered my purpose so early on. And, and it's mm-hmm. because of that, because I knew big picture, what I wanted my life to be about. I feel like that's what gave me the confidence to, um, to pursue it without, without a lot of the trepidation that people typically feel uh, or might typically feel. And so over the years, as, as uh, you know, that school that you mentioned that focuses on personal development, that's very much kind of the attitude that I try to bring to mind. And I'm sure, in your experience, you know, students have seen you as a mentor and, and come to you for advice in different areas of life. And so when I have students come to me, you know, maybe um, someone in the corporate world themselves who maybe they're, you know, I've had this happen a number of times where they're healthy, they're, you know, they have a great relationship, their finances are phenomenal, but they're not really feeling fulfilled. I have a few exercises I'll, I'll put people through, um, a few questions that I think are really, really valuable. Um, when people think of, you know, for those that are struggling with purpose, they think about what, a, you know, what's my purpose? What should I do with my life? They often have limitations, uh, whether consciously or unconsciously. And so a few questions I think are really useful. Um, if you had all the time, all the money, 
and all the support in the world, what would you do? When you ask yourself such an open question as that, you you take all the limits off and you allow yourself to really dream big. And, you know, most of us, there's that expression, most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10. You know, say you're 30 or 40, um, if lifespan is average lifespan 85, then you've got 40 more years left. What could you do in 40 years? What could you not do? You know, countries have been formed and destroyed. Billions have been raised and lost in less time. Like those kinds of questions I feel really allow you to dream big. And they've been, they've been very helpful for me in terms of figuring out some of those big picture ideas. Absolutely. And they're not easy questions to answer, but you have to be brutally honest with you, with yourself or what you want. So yeah, this very powerful questions. Now in in your entrepreneurial journey, of course, struggles along the way. So what do you think it's a struggle that you had that, you know, you suffer a little bit and, you know, struggle with that and you're able to actually learn something. But what was the lesson? You know, what moment was that? Um, so there were a few things that kind of coincided at once. Um, uh, I think it was around 2014, 2015. Um discovered a pretty major accounting error uh, that set things back quite a bit. At the same time, the building that the gym was in, uh, we got a notice that it was being demolished um, and that we had to move. And so um, in addition to kind of dealing with an injury at the time, so many things were coinciding. It, it felt very overwhelming. It felt like, you know, I wasn't going to be able to kind of turn things around. and. Um, just through, just through like keeping a positive attitude and doing, doing whatever had to be done. Like, you know, and it wasn't that every day I had that positive attitude. And I think that's kind of part of it. Like uh, I think Jocko Willing talks about like, it doesn't matter how you feel, just do the work. Right. And, you know, you can be sad about someone having your back. That doesn't change the fact that you're there. You got to do step one, step two, step three. And, and so just, persisting through those tough times i think part of the probably the biggest thing i got from all of that was a sense of self-assurance or self-confidence like i i i showed myself that i have grit and that i can you know survive tough things and that was um yeah, big confidence booster because those were some of the hardest things I've been through and, and to be able to push through and, and, and really turn things around. Now things are going great. Um, I think, yeah, surviving struggle really teaches you what you're made of. And, and that was a, in the end a blessing for me. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned that it's, I think, crucial for people who are listening or maybe going through some type of business struggle or whatever right now is just accepting the the fact that this is the fact and the fact cannot be changed only a response to the fact can be changed you know there's nothing it, it is what it is how are we going to respond to this to this how are we going to imp- interpret this what's happening so some people may just go like poor me and got a whole pity party and all that kind of stuff and or you can go to the positive route and be like this is the fact i wish it wasn't a different way but what about now 
you know, and growing from this. And that is a huge part of the growth mindset that you already mentioned. You know, sometimes with a fixed mindset, people think I'm like, man, entrepreneurship is not for me or I'm not, I wasn't meant to do this and that. So always, always, always learning from the struggles. And one thing that uh, over the years I, I started to develop even more, always just looking into struggle as opportunities. I know it's easy and sad, but just opportunities for growth. You know, I, I grew from so many different uh, like types of struggle, but just having that, just looking into, okay, this happened. It is what it is, an opportunity for growth. Like, how can I learn from this? How can I make it better? And just keep going. So for entrepreneurship, uh, for the listeners, you know, we, I always mention here, there's some people who are ready or entrepreneurs, somewhat in transition, playing like, you know, is this for me? Should I do this? Should, do I really want to stay in the corporate world? And all that, just um, just remember that it's, it's going to be a tough road for sure. You know, we all going to have tough moments. But now it comes down how you're going to respond to those and how you're going to interpret some of the facts that are going to, going to happen regardless of whether you like or you don't. Now, what would you like to share as far as a good topic that you'd like to share with the listeners that could definitely help in their entrepreneurial journey or whatever moment they're at right now, even if they're not entrepreneurs yet? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs um, – obviously work very hard and um and maybe i know i know a number of them struggle with burnout um Mm -hmm. kind of overdoing it um and uh have a friend hamza khan who wrote a book called the burnout gamble there's an entrepreneur in toronto mike burkick who actually runs um an event for entrepreneurs on mental health and i think um you know it's very easy especially a lot of entrepreneurs uh, maybe got into entrepreneurship because they they want to make a difference. They want to help other people. And so it's often easy to leave ourselves behind. And the analogy I give is the stereotype of the like six-year-old executive who made all the money, had all the quote unquote success, but maybe ignored their family or ignored a sense of fulfillment and purpose. And entrepreneurs tend not to tend to be a little stronger with the purpose side of things. They tend to kind of know what they want a little more on that end, but are they maybe ignoring their bodies? Are they maybe ignoring maybe relationships? Are they ignoring health? Uh, even, even, you know, um, the personal work they've got to do, um, on whatever issues they're struggling with internally, like, um, you know, their self-talk, the, you know, exactly what you do, uh, with, with athletes and entrepreneurs, you know, there's so many dimensions of life and what we don't want is to be really successful in some and then realize, you know, Mm -hmm. we've totally ignored some others. So I think taking that big picture perspective and, and really trying to focus on holistic life enhancement, you know, yes, improve your business, but that's just like one of 30 or 40 different dimensions of life. How's your, you know, of course your health, but that means so many things, your nutrition, your breathing, your posture, um, your emotional health, your mental health. Um, and then of course the, uh, the relationships in our lives, though, so many of those, that is so much dependent on our relationship with ourselves. And so, um, again, it's easy to get myopic as an entrepreneur and, and get lost in your business. And that is, you know, it is important to 
focus on your business and be hardworking and be dedicated, but um, it can't come at the uh, extreme cost of every other area of your life. So just making sure that you have uh, your understanding, you know, I think we all have our own, but your understanding of what the different areas of life are so that you make sure you're not missing anyone. Mm-hmm. Do you have any example from the top of your head of people that you have helped along the way that you saw they came in at the beginning, they struggled big time with that, with that, having this harmony and the balance. So do you have any example of people that, that you've seen that came through, you know, some of your workshops or at the school, some cool story that you can share? Not necessarily need to mention the name of the person. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, a number, and I wonder if it's the same in your, uh, your case, but, um, you know, we've had a number of um, people, not that it's everyone's path, but we have had a number of people come in, you know, I, simple example is a guy was an investment banker um exactly what i was saying before you know super healthy fit loving wife great relationship um financially was doing amazing real sense of confidence but he didn't make if he didn't feel like he was making a real difference in the world and you know eventually that that caught up with him in it and he started hating his life despite having so many amazing things going on and, um, you know, through, through some of the questions we talked about through um, brainstorming, you know, and trying to figure out uh, what his purpose is, he, he and, you know, a number of other people were able to choose a different path and, and maybe one that wasn't making quite as much money in the short term, but was focused much more on making an impact. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, that's a different kind of wealth. Um, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy, the highest level self-transcendence is all about meaning. And meaning generally comes from helping others. So, you know, it's uh, when we talk about that example of the 60-year-old executive, what happens in that case is they had a, a map of success and it was just the wrong map. It was incomplete. And so I think um, trying to provide people with a, a clearer map um, a more complete map uh, is a useful thing for them and, and for the world, really. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I have the feeling that more, I'm talking more, a little more North America per se, but I feel that people are starting to put more thought into the intrinsic motivations to not just extrinsic, the money, the, the, the uh, quotation success, the perception that people have of success, like you said, you know, go to college, get the job, even if you don't like in retirement and all that kind of stuff. And I feel that little by little, people have been talking a little bit more about questioning about the intrinsic motivation. Then I'm like, yeah, money, cool cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, you know, there's always that, that lack of, of fulfillment. And I'm glad that, you know, it's little by little going in. And I'm happy that at least through the Biogemental Culture and the podcast, I can try to help just to bring a little bit of of awareness with that for people to reevaluate the perceptions of the meaning of the word success, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, it's a common topic that we talk about here. People are like, yeah, successful, but what really success mm-hmm. is, you know, so each one have their own perception. So make sure that if you're listening right now, make sure that you have your, your version of what success is, but do not for, do not forget 
of the intrinsic motivation, not just the, the all the external stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you say it's the one high-performance habit that you have that you've been doing that has been helping you in different areas of your life? Could it be personal, professional, could it be jiu-jitsu, something that you do every day? I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying before uh, about kind of just accepting mm-hmm. things as they are and then asking, like, what can I do from here? Um, it's a, in a book I'm working on, uh, I call it practical optimism, which I think jiu-jitsu teaches you, like, you know, it shows you that even very bad situations can be turned around and, and again, accepting the situation, not in the sense of, okay, it is what it is and I can't change it, but it is what it is. And then looking for, just like we would in any position on the mat, where's the weakness? Where can I make a difference? Where, even if it's not get out of this situation in one big step, what's, what's the next place I can make a difference or start to make a difference? Um, whether it's um, in your business or if you're, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, because it is such an isolating, you know, you tend not to be as surrounded by people as a, a lot of other types of work. Um, you know, if you've been in a funk for a while, okay, so what can you do to to turn that around? Is it just get back on good sleep and nutrition habits? Is it um, analyze, you know, go see a mental coach like, uh, like yourself. Um, but just looking for, you know, Tony Robbins talks about, um, questions are the answer, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, back to what you were saying earlier, like, what can I do from here? He, I think one question he asks is, you know, what's good about this? And even in a bad situation to be able to ask that you will, your brain will come up with an answer. And the thing is, there are good things. Like even when, you know, kind of crap hit the fan with, uh, with business and health and, and uh, our build, building being demolished, you know, I asked myself that, like, what's good about this? And it's like, uh, there's a book by Ryan Holiday, uh, The Obstacle is the Way. Um, and he talks about this idea that your challenges are, kind of your path to growth. And I, I think a lot of us see big hurdles in front of us and we get intimidated, but what we're not seeing is by the time we're over that hurdle, we're going to have to have grown so big that looking back, it's going to seem minuscule by comparison. And so you through that, you kind of learn to get excited by big challenges because you realize they're, they're the impetus for future growth. So I think being able to see the, not just the positive in a Pollyanna way, but see the positive in a practical way um, has been really useful on and off the mats, really. For sure. And one of the things I I learned this quote when I was probably in my late teenage years, but it just stuck with me. And I like to say that is the theme of my life because I always thought about this which is if you're looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge. And I feel that if for all the listeners, if you think about some of the biggest challenges that you have ever accepted in your life, if you have a growth mindset, there's a really good chance that a big opportunity for growth is show up Mm -hmm. regardless of the outcome. Maybe the outcome wasn't as great as you'd like to, but trust me, there is or an opportunity for growth. And usually this opportunity for growth can present itself as another challenge. 
So that's one of the things that actually, for some way, some way give me some comfort that I know that when I have a bigger challenge coming, I just think right away of this, like, I know that something really good is going to come out of this. Even, even, you know, sometimes people, maybe they want to compete. They don't compete that often. They compete and they end up not winning. There is so much to learn to grow from this opportunity. This is an amazing opportunity for growth. How did you handle your, your mindset? Were you able to perform to the best of your ability? There's so many things from that. So I recommend people using this everything that no matter what happened, regardless of the outcome, positive, negative, like this is what it is. This is the fact. Now how I'm going to interpret what happened and grow from it. So that's why this, I always, always, always keep this in mind. If you're looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge. And I love that book too, by the way, The Obstacle is the Way. So what is the best advice you've ever received? And you're open to talk about jujitsu, personal, professional, whatever you want. I think, um, you know, something that entrepreneurs, non-entrepreneurs, I think everyone struggles with to a degree is, is learning to believe in themselves. Um, you know, it's, we all have dreams, we all have big dreams, but uh, I think what often gets in the way is, is questioning whether or not, you know, you're capable of actually making it happen. And, um, and people will come up with all sorts of reasons that I can't do this. I'm not at that level. Like, you know, Oh, it's a purple, brown, black division. And I'm only purple belt. To, okay. The purple belt who enters that division and knows he's going to crush it has a much better chance than the purple belt who enters that division and thinks he has no chance. Yep. So just, uh, you are, you are simply stronger for coming with that mindset. And, uh, that was a struggle for me um, growing up. I didn't necessarily have, I, I was always kind of taught to believe in myself, but I didn't have examples of people around me who believed in themselves. And so, um, you know, you pick up what you see more than what you hear. Um, and so when it was, you know, time to pursue my path and and um, go down that road, um, you know, I have, I have big ambitions as, as I think you do and, and so many of the listeners and it's very easy for doubt to creep in, but, um, reminding yourself and creating habits that help you remind yourself, um, that we're capable of anything, uh, has been really useful. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier too, I mean, the self-talk, one thing that people cannot forget is, as the late motivational speaker, Jim Rohn said, the, the power of the association. So I always bring that up to be like, hey, make sure that you're surround, surrounded by the right people, you know, because if you're surrounded by five people that they're full of doubts and they always question themselves, there's a good chance you're going to roll with them because I've done it and I lived that, you know, being in a, I remember in jujitsu when I was a blue belt, I was in a small school and all my best friends have this, the victim syndrome of, oh, but we're just a small school. Those guys have the, 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 and guess what? I was rolling the same way, you know, going in, but you were a small turn. So when, uh, when I actually had a chance to, to train, uh, when I was a purple belt, I started training with my coach under Pettineros. And that thing's changed because I was surrounded by people who actually believe themselves. And that really helped me to be like, wait a minute. You know, if I can't hang with these guys here, 
That means I, I can hang with other people too. And my confidence to start growing because of who I was surrounded by big time. Because I, I just didn't have any self-awareness about it. And on my self-talk, I just had no idea, no clue. And especially being a teenager, low self-esteem, all that stuff. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you don't know much, you know. And, and as soon as I start to, at least I have the self-awareness to realize, that, like, wait a minute. You know, these guys, they do well. They trust themselves. Why not? You know, and so that was kind of like my first wake up call to just being surrounded by positive people. So, of course, watch your, your self-talk, period. But like pay attention. So you need to have the, the self-awareness and seeing like, okay, what's going on in your mind? But at the same time, the social awareness to take a look at like, hey, just watch what other people are telling you. Sing tournaments, guys meet up and be like, hey, how are you doing great? Who are you going against? Oh, I'm going against that guy. Oh my God, that right. guy won the world. Da, 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 da. Like, and next thing, oh, great. You know, and so things that you need to really block and stay away from some type of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what advice would you give to your younger self when you found that spark to start your entrepreneurial journey? I know that it's tough to find just one word, but mm-hmm. what would you say? Um. You know, it took me because of because of the work I want to do outside of jiu-jitsu is um, kind of big impact stuff. Uh, took me a long time, not only to kind of have the confidence that I can do it, um, but to to start sharing some of that work. And so, you know, I've been working on some of these ideas for 10, 15 years and um, haven't really shared them until, haven't started sharing until recently. And I think... Um, goes back to that, like believe in yourself and and believe in your work and and share it. Um, you know, I think many of us have lots of ideas, want to write books, want to start a company. Um, but even though you know I started my school, I took that path, that that leap. It was no challenge for me at that time. Sharing some of my bigger purpose ideas and work. Um, was intimidating and wasn't until basically this year that I've, that I've really started to share a little more of that big picture stuff. And so I would have, you know, had myself, uh, told myself to, to speak up a little more, speak up earlier, share, share your passion, your path, share your passion. Um, cause you will, as you said, you'll attract people who are of the same mind. And so, um, it's with this mindset that, uh, recently I started, as you mentioned, mastermind BJJ, um, a jiu-jitsu program for entrepreneurs, uh, but not just, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, bar none, it's entrepreneurs specifically who want to make a positive impact in the world. And, you know, jiu-jitsu just improves your life in every way. So I want to connect with those kinds of entrepreneurs, um, and help them improve, their lives through jujitsu so that we can kind of build something bigger um, together. Awesome. And so what did you say is a, a book that you could recommend to the listeners, a book that made an impact on you? And oftentimes it's just depend on the moment that you're actually reading the book. You know, you can read a book one year and then five years later you'd read again. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. So what would it be a book that made a big impact on you? Uh, different ones for different people. So for mm-hmm. so people that are kind of looking, they don't know what their purpose is, or they're they're kind of struggling to really take that leap. One that I think is really useful for people is The Alchemist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that I tend to give out the most, it's a, it's one particular version of the art of war. Uh, it's part of a series by Gary Gallardi, Gagliardi. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, but it's uh, called the art of war plus. And there are a few versions, the art of war plus the art of war for marketing, the art of war for sales, the art of war for parenting. And on the left-hand side of the page is the original translation of the art of war. And on the right-hand side is the exact same line translated for sales, marketing, parenting, but there's one version that's basically the art of war for life. Um, And it's called the warrior's apprentice. And so a simple example, like the art of war can be hard to understand sometimes. Success in battle is weighing a coin of gold against a coin of silver. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Well, success in life is choosing your best option over your second best option. And it's like, it just, it's, it simplifies things so well. So I really, I think the art of war is a really special book, but it's often hard to understand. And I think the warrior's apprentice really makes it clear. Got it. Now, what are you currently excited about? What's going on? You mentioned a little bit about the mastermind program that you're doing. So I'd love you to expand a little bit more on that and anything else that you want to let people know what's going on. Uh, Yeah, so definitely excited about Mastermind BJJ. Um, I'm just lucky to have a friend, uh, Jason Gaynard, who's a high-level entrepreneur, runs Mastermind Talks. who we were, I threw the idea out of, of holding a, um, a training program for entrepreneurs and he spread the word to his network. And so now we've got this incredible network of um, very successful, very kind of positive minded entrepreneurs um, training jiu-jitsu together and, and kind of networking and sharing um, ideas, life hacks, all of the above. Uh, so we're going to be running our first event in Bermuda uh, next year. I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited about that. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be running my first tournament uh, in April. Um, and In Canada? Big, in Canada, yeah, mm-hmm. in Toronto. Um, and, you know, I think because my, my bigger mission is to try to make an impact, um, the, the idea is to use the platform of a business such as a tournament to spread a message um, and to, to try to actually give back. So the tournament is called fight to unite spreading a message of global unity. Um, And there's some cool things we're doing with that um, uh, that I maybe shouldn't talk about just yet, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty excited about that. And I just released my first video course uh, for people who are brand, brand new to jujitsu, um, the BJJ primer, it's actually what I want my new students to see before they even step on the mat. Cause there's so much theory behind jujitsu. If you just jump into a regular class, uh, it can be tricky. So I'm pretty excited about that. And it's even for instructors. Um, I think it's a useful tool to have some of those things to share with people, Um, just some of the theory that often gets overlooked, um, kind of in advance of people stepping on the mat. Now getting close to the end of the interview for all the listeners, don't forget to have the final thoughts after the interview, which for people who are listening for the first time, basically 
just get my takeaway from the interview and I research about a topic, try to expand a little more, learn more about, that's one of the things that I love about a podcast, how much I have the opportunity to learn from different people and different topics that sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I don't know anything about it. Sometimes I know a tiny bit, but I start to research and then to talk about it. So it's, it's a great opportunity for me to, to grow. So just to close final message, how people can get in contact with you. If they want to maybe get into the mastermind BJJ, whatever you want to plug. Um, you know, I think final message, uh, would be know your purpose, be on your own side, work hard and, and always try to grow. Mm -hmm. And uh, how they can find you. Uh, elliotbaev.com, E-L-L-I-O-T-T-B-A-Y-E-V. Um, or if they're in Toronto and they want to train, it's openmat.ca. Um, and the bjjprimer.com uh, for the jiu-jitsu primer. And of awesome. course, mastermindbjj.com. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. Know Thank that uh, we scheduled for a while, we had some uh, some technical issues that happened, and then you're traveling, so finally happened. I love the all the topics really lined up with all the the things that we talk about the BJJ and the Coach Podcast. So I really appreciate your time, and for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Us. Thank you so much. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Elliot Bayev. If you're listening just to the final thoughts, Elliot is a first-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the owner of Open Mat Mixed Martial Arts in Toronto, Canada. He also runs Mastermind BJJ, private BJJ training and retreats for entrepreneurs. Elliot talked about the correlation between the growth mindset and Jiu-Jitsu. He also talked about the burnout and optimism. And my main takeaway from the interview, which is the title of this episode, Finding Your True Path. If you're not clear about your true path, Elliot asked a few provocative questions. And the main one was, quote, if you had all the time, all the money, all the support in the world, what would you do? Unquote. I remember in 2014, the year that I was going to turn 40 years old, I reflected and I thought, if everything goes well... <laughs> and I live until 80 per se, how can I make it different in the next 40 years? Which was what Elliot mentioned during the interview. Regardless of how old you are, just remember that you only live once and why not make it the best out of the time while you're still here? Like Elliot said, what could you do? What could you not do with your time left? Now, even more important than knowing what you want is why do you want it? As the author Simon Sinek says, start with why. So do you know your true path, your euthymia? According to the Stoic philosopher Seneca, euthymia is all about knowing yourself and having the courage to walk your own path, generating the feeling of tranquility, which is the translation of euthymia or true path. In the book Ego is the Enemy, Ryan Holiday talks about the true path. Quote, so why do you do what you do? That's the question you need to answer. Stare at it until you can. Only then you will understand what matters and what doesn't. Only then can you say no. Can you opt out of stupid races that don't matter or even exist? Only then 
is it easy to ignore successful, in quotations, people because most of the time they aren't, at least relative to you, and often even to themselves. Only then can you develop that quiet confidence Seneca talked about, unquote. Amazing book, by the way, if you'd like to know more about Stoicism with very practical examples, check him out. This quiet confidence is the tranquility when you fully trust yourself, when you know exactly where you're heading to and you don't have to be comparing yourself with anyone or doubting yourself ever so often. So stop to think about what you really enjoy doing or what you have a passion for versus those things that you just kind of like. Pay attention to your talents, things that come natural to you and you enjoy doing it. Stay away from fixed mindset people who will tell you that you cannot be successful doing that you love. And this that you love, it could be your true path. As we talked during the interview, people have different perceptions about the meaning of the word success. So define success very clear to you. Elliot's true path is to build, unite, and inspire And my true path is to inspire, impact, and improve the lives of others. A big similarity between Elliot and I is that all of our entrepreneurial ventures are in alignment with our true path. And if it's not aligned, I'd rather not to get involved. Now, what about you? Would you like to have all your entrepreneurial ventures in alignment with your true path? To wrap up, I would like to share with you a quote from the late Dr. Wayne Dyer, He has written over 40 books on personal development, which has helped me big time, by the way. And this is one of my favorite quotes from him. Quote, don't die with your music in you, unquote. Whether you realize or not, you do have some music in you. Maybe you haven't discovered yet, but it's there to be played, not to die inside of you. As many of you know, I'm a certified high-performance coach under the High Performance Institute. And my mentor, Brent Burchard, has what he calls intentional cues to remind you to be on purpose. For example, I have a series of different alarms in my phone as reminders. And my last one of the day at 10.30 p.m. is, don't die with your music in you. I stop and reflect on a message. I ask myself, what is my music as a reminder? Did I play my music well today? If yes, great. If not, why not learn from it and move on? Do the same at a quote or a question in your alarm. And when you least expect because you totally forgot about the alarm, it will ring telling you a message to help you to be on purpose when you oftentimes will get knocked off. Find your euthymia, your true path, so you can live a life with the tranquility and calm confidence that the Stoics talk about. Oh, We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.